Would you pray with me before we uh, look at our church's doctrine again and look at the Baptist faith and message? Let's pray together, church. Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity here to open up your word and to consider good and true things from your word. We're thankful, Lord, that you have given us direction about a variety of different important topics in our lives that if it wasn't for your providing it to us, we just wouldn't know what to do and how to live and how to think. But you've given us good direction, Lord, and we're thankful for that. We're thankful that we could be even united together uh, around certain key doctrinal truths. And we're thankful, Lord, for this opportunity just to be reminded of things that we may already know, but to be encouraged by biblical truth uh, together. Would you open our eyes and let us see, even as the song that we just sung said, help us see truths and help us even to apply those truths to our lives. We say this in Christ's name, amen. Well, we come now to Article 13 of the Baptist Faith and Message on stewardship. Um, This is a topic that is sometimes neglected and people could be awkward talking about stewardship, but the Bible isn't really awkward about it in the sense of how much it talks about um, stewardship and, and the importance of these things in our lives. If you've noticed the last few years that I've been here, our emphasis in our giving uh, is, is leaning into what I think the scriptures reveal in terms of our motivation for stewardship, and that is gospel-motivated giving. Some people give out of guilt. Some people give out of tradition. Uh, Some people give uh, because it's just what they've always done. And uh, it's good to give, but why we give actually matters, and the Bible reveals that to us. Because we don't want to be Pharisees in our giving. Lord, I thank you that I'm not like these others. I I give and I do this and I do that. That reveals a kind of prideful heart. So the, the heart in giving and stewardship is so key. And I think the Baptist faith and message helps us with that. And it's, it's a helpful article here on this topic. So let's just walk through it together and glean important things to apply to our daily lives. Here we, here we are, the beginning of Article 13, and point number one, all good things come from God. And the beginning of the Baptist Faith in Message 13 here, we're going to read this first section, and let's see it. It says, the Baptist Faith in Message says, God is the source of all blessings, temporal and spiritual. All that we have and are, we owe to him. All, everything. Everything about what we have, everything about who we are is because of God. He's the one that we point to for everything. So that's kind of a helpful way to start here, right? That's a helpful thing to see from the Baptist faith and message. Let's see it from the Bible as well. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? 
You see that? All good, good gifts and things come from the Lord. We can't pat ourselves on the back. We can't think that, you know, it comes from us and our ingenuity and be prideful. Christianity is a humble conviction, a humble reality. It's because everything good comes from the Lord. Can we take credit for any of that? No. Can we boast and pat ourselves on the back for anything? No, because all good things come from the Lord. He's the source of all blessings, temporal and spiritual. So here now on this earth, if we have blessings, who do we point to? God. Who do we think? God. Who is responsible? God. If we have spiritual blessings, our conversions, our growth and sanctification as believers, good fellowship, Good, good deeds that we might do out of thankfulness to God. Who do we point to? Do we point to ourselves? Do we pat ourselves on the back? No, we point to God. Why? Because all good things come from God. He is the source of all those blessings. We owe it to him. What do we do when we pretend like we're the source of it? We brag. We pat ourselves on the back. We think that we're something special. And we fail to give God glory. We fail to glorify and point to God. That's wrong. That's sinful. Deuteronomy 8.18 says this, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is in this day. You've done well in your business. You've done well in your life. It's not because of... of you know, anything that you did that you could pat yourself on the back. Now, you may have done some wise things. That's a good thing. But the Bible actually speaks to biblical wisdom and shows us about wise practices when it comes to finances and living and business and marriage and family and these types of things. So who, who still gets credit in that situation, even when we've done wise things? Who gets credit? God gets credit. Why? Because all good things come from God. Baptist faith and message points us from that. That's a good thing to start off with, and this leads us now to our second point, and number two, uh, time, talents, treasures are what? For God. Not for you. Not, not for your reputation. Not for our uh, esteem, and not for our popularity, not for our own personal joy and happiness, though we might have joy and happiness in, in serving the Lord. I'm not, don't get me wrong, but who is it really for? Who are we living for? For God. Let's see it in the Baptist Faith and Message, Article 13 in the next section here. It says, Christians have a spiritual debtorship. It means we, oh, we, we are in gratitude, a debt to the Lord. To the, and also, because of what he's done for us, it says here that we have a spiritual debtorship what, to the whole world, a holy trusteeship in the gospel and a binding stewardship in their possessions. They are therefore under obligation. It's not a suggestion. It's not just a good idea. But obligation, what? To serve him with their what? Time, talents, material possessions, and should recognize all these things as entrusted to them to use for the glory of God and for helping others. 
that, that's a really helpful statement there in the Baptist faith and message, pointing that because of what God has done for us, we can't just sit on the sidelines. We can't just ignore it. We can't just lazily live our life, carelessly live our life. No, we have an obligation to the world. Why? Because we have a treasure. We've got a truth. We've got a gospel. We've got the realities that, that other people don't have that are perishing. Do unbelievers have this debtorship? Are they called to Great Commission realities? Are they called to... Well, not yet. If they're converted, they, they will be. But right now, they don't have that. Unbelievers aren't going to be fulfilling the Great Commission. Unbelievers are not going to be sharing the gospel, engaging with people, doing good things, engaging and supporting their church. They're not going to be generous in these ways. They're going to be selfish. But believers, you see, we have a, a debtorship to the world. We've got this holy trust, trusteeship in the gospel. We, we, need, we need to give the gospel and we are under obligation. It's not a suggestion. Are we living our lives to serve the Lord? Are we giving all of who we are? Who we are is a gift from God. The spiritual gifts that we're given, the wisdom that we have from the word of God, those are gifts given by God that we should use well. For what? The glory of God and the help of others. I love Martin Luther's perspective and work and calling he, he doesn't have this separation between the secular and sacred as if the priests and the pastors and the people uh, who lead churches are the ones who are the real deal uh, using their gifts for the glory of God. No, he says the, that everybody, men, women, children gifted by God using their gifts for the glory of God and the help of others. If you have a job, a calling, a vocation that helps other people, that glorifies God, and that's a blessing that God uses for his glory. We want to use our, our time, our talents, and our material possessions for these things. Let's see it in the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 19 through 20 says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You were not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. That means right here on this earth. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to glorify God one day in heaven. I'll be really just a real faithful Christian in the future in heaven when all my problems and difficulties of this earth are, are gone. That's when I'm going to start glorifying God. No, when should we start glorifying God because of what he's done for us? Right here on earth in our bodies. We're bought with a price. We're not our own. Let's glorify God because of all that he's done. This is what he saved us for, to glorify him in these great ways. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says this. For you know that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is a big, important passage that our gospel-motivated giving is just rooted in. This 2 Corinthians 8 9, it's so Key, chapters 8 through 9, and then 8, 9 here is key too. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Do you see how the gospel pictures his sacrifice, leaving the second person of the Trinity, heavenly dwelling, to 
come and, and, and become one with us in the incarnation. And humanity was rich, he became poor. What a picture of sacrifice that he gives. And so we respond in giving, not because our arm is twisted, but because we get to respond to gospel realities motivated by gospel truths, not by a workspace legalism, not by tradition, but for the glory of God. Not to gain your own status, look at me, look what I'm doing. No, but for the glory of God. Why? Because if you do that kind of boasting and bragging, then you're missing out on a biblical view. As we saw in Matthew 6 in our series through the Sermon on the Mount, it says in verses 19 through 21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Are we storing up treasure by doing good spiritual things for the glory of God? Not to be seen. We see in other parts in Matthew 6, those who parade their good works get their reward by the esteem of men and women that they're trying to get here on this earth, but not by the esteem of God, but God is not interested in people bragging and boasting about what they give and how they fast and what they're doing spiritually. No, God is glorified when we do it before an audience of one. Yes, people will notice it. It's not like you got to do secret covert. Oh, the, the offering plate, it doesn't, I guess, come by now, but i got to make sure that I do kind of a spin move, you know, and dive and hide. Nobody sees it or some kind of a secret drop or, you know, People could know that, that you're, you're giving. People could know that you're coming to church. It's not that we can't ever display. I mean, if not, we're never going to be salt and light. But where is your attitude in your heart? Is it for the glory of God? Is it for God or is it for other people? That's a key thing that the Baptist Faith and Message points out. That's an important thing for us to remember. This leads us now to our third point, number three. Gospel-motivated, consistent, proportionate, teamwork-type giving. Baptist Faith and Message, Article 13, the last portion says, according to the scriptures, Christians should contribute of their means cheerfully, regularly, systematically, proportionately, liberally for the advancement of the Redeemer's cause on earth. If you remember from our church covenant, we, in our church covenant even talks about how we as, as members of this church are to give cheerfully to the ministry uh, of, of the local church because local church ministry uh, has expenses and, and, and these types of things. And so it's, it's great that God spoke about this, that he didn't just leave us out on a limb to just figure it out as we go, that he spoke that, hey, we should be motivated by gospel realities. We should partner together uh, in this. And, and this point uh, three, this gospel-motivated, consistent, proportionate, teamwork-type giving this is not just one person bearing the, the burden for everybody. This is not just, uh, you know, okay, well, we got we got these few givers. Let's just let them give. All the rest of us, we're kind of off the hook. No, if we're members of this church, we call this church our home. According to the scriptures, we should be contributing just regularly to the, to the, to the work of the ministry for the glory of God. We've seen even in our gospel-motivated partnership series, all the great ways within our denomination that giving is being dealt with and, and, and you know, implemented in and used for 
domestic, international, um, I mean, domestic, uh, I mean, local, domestic, and international means. Uh, These things are good to remind ourselves of. We're doing it in light of the gospel, not because we have to, but because we get to be a part of God's uh, mission here locally through First Baptist Church of Gallatin. But why we give and the different details, the scriptures speak to these things, and I'm just going to read a few passages here to, to see these realities from the last portion of the Baptist faith and message. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2 is a great example uh, for this in the early church. This is now concerning the collection... For uh, the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there will be no collecting when I come. So this was a specific special collection for a specific need, but I think it it gives us a good model, a practicality of of giving regularly consistency and, and pulling it together. Notice he doesn't say, um, you know, these few people, put your money aside, everybody else. No, it's a collection. It's a collective, it's a teamwork type thing. I like the, the idea of teamwork, right? And, and in a football game, it, it takes 11 people on each side of, of the ball to play the game. You, you don't just have one player. Even if you had the best player at the position, like a, a Mahomes-type quarterback, if it's just Mahomes and no offensive line and no receivers and no running back, they're not going to win a game. In fact, it's going to be pathetic how bad they'd be. No, it's a teamwork thing in football and other uh, sports. It's a teamwork thing also in local church giving. It's not on one person, so not one person bears the brunt in, and and the, the collection of it is just a model that we model our gospel-motivated giving at here at this church so that we can practically pool our giving, motivated by the gospel, to be used for gospel ends. What a blessing that is. 2 Corinthians 6 I mean, 9, 6 to 8 says this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That sowing and reaping we saw in Galatians chapter 6 at the end of our Galatians series, if you remember. It's within the same context of giving. And then in verse 7 it says, Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful Giver, you see why I don't want to twist arms for giving? I don't want anyone, if someone doesn't want to give because of this or that, or they're not motivated by the gospel, I'm not trying to get unbelievers' money to give to us. I'm not trying to get people who aren't loving God and obedient to God to give. I'm not interested in that. We shouldn't be interested in that kind of money, but we should be interested in the collection as a teamwork of blood-bought believers giving cheerfully, not forced into it, But cheerfully, why? Because this is God loves a cheerful giver. Whenever you see in the Bible, God loves this, God loves that, God loves this, don't you think that's important for us to see? So if we're giving and we're excited because we get to give and we're doing it out of a motivation of the gospel, that is so much better. That's a cheerful giver. God loves that kind of thing. Somebody who gives hypocritically or somebody who gives just out of tradition or somebody who just gives because they want other people to see them, God doesn't love that kind of stuff. He loves a cheerful giver, not under compulsion, but what we've decided in our heart. And then verse 8, it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. There's, There's more to it than just, okay, it's giving time, give. No, what's going on in your heart? What's going on in your mind? 
Are, are you thinking about it? Are you praying about it? Is this, this is something that Stacy and I would pray about. This is something that if you're married, it's good to pray about and engage with. Uh, it's something that's good to talk about with, with your children if you have children. It's something to always be re- evaluating uh, because things change in life. We, we've gone through different difficult times, like remember the pandemic? Sometimes a lot of people, a lot of Christians were in real strikes, difficult times and difficult places. The financial situation changed. Sometimes someone gets a raise. Sometimes you pay off debt, praise God. And all of a sudden, you've got more uh, flexibility to be more generous. This is a constantly evaluating uh, where we're at so that we can do it. Why? Because that's a cheerful thing. If we just do it to check off a box, we're not really thinking intentionally, motivated by the gospel, but we're, th- but we're thinking gospel-motivated when we're constantly seeing how God is, is blessing us and what we're going to decide to give cheerfully, not reluctantly, to the glory of God. I'm going to end with this passage here in 2 Corinthians 9, 10 through 15. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is just such a wonderful section of Scripture. Someday, hopefully, we do a series on that and see... Uh, all the context of these verses here because there's so many rich things that, that, that God has revealed to us here in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 as it relates to giving. But let's see some more principles here in uh, 2 Corinthians 9 as we close. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only to supply the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you, thanks be to God for this inexpressible gift. Christians glorify God when they're motivated by the gospel and they give for the work of the ministry. You're giving, you're generous, faithful, giving, generous giving. Oh, I see. Any giving from the saints is just such a blessing. Only converted believers are going to give. Now, certainly some people can do it to be seen. Some people can do it for bad motives. But giving hard-earned money that ultimately is, is God's, as we know, everything is from God, a gift from God, right? But, but it takes a, a worldview to, to, to get us to be thinking about this. Giving in this way for gospel ends together collectively as a team is an evidence of God's grace and transformation of your life. Believers give in this way. They see a need and they, they, they want to meet it. Our church has been so generous in these realities. Uh, we can give example upon example of giving to, 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 to missionaries and wanting to give uh, uh, even recently uh, to, to Sam, for instance, or, or to, to want to be able to give more generously in a variety of different ways and to, and to think outside the box of creative ways to bless others. Needs that arise amongst our church even to be able to meet a need. Needs that we're aware of in, in the community or people in hardships. This is a church that has given generously, motivated by the gospel, and I think that glorifies God. And I think it's important for us to see this and be reminded about this because then we could all be motivated together in the right way, not under compulsion, because of what God has done for us. And guess what? It blesses people around you to no end 
And, and it, it is more blessed, as Jesus says, to give than to receive. This includes the giving of gospel ministry here. This includes as we gave to our MMO or if we give to Lottie Moon or if we give uh, to Annie Armstrong. It includes all these things, and we give. Some of us have had opportunities to give to specific needs of specific members. You know, as you see fit, as you see a need. Oh, what a blessing. God is glorified. People are helped. There's a display in that. The world isn't seeing that. Believers are. There's salt and light in that. The world is, 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 is going in different directions. Christianity could put forward this, amongst many other things, as an additional witness. Let us remember these things together as a church as we continue to be motivated by the gospel in our giving. And let's pray. Father, we're thankful for the way that you give us good direction today and how it's so encouraging to see um, healthy good, wise, edifying, encouraging things that applies directly to our lives and to our church. Would you help us all to be thinking more and more biblically, not just about this, about, about a lot of different things, and, and would you help us to be able to make those exciting, encouraging modifications if, if we can as you, as you bless and as you work? Would you help us all to be making those decisions, whatever they are, and doing it cheerfully to your glory, all because of what you've done for us? for the work of the ministry here and throughout the United States and throughout the world. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen.